Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, a very special episode this week. I've got Mindy Wheeler with me. Mindy, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Now that I'm talking to you, how are you? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. And it's always so fun to get people on. I've seen you on Facebook promoting your book. It looks so exciting. And, you know, and then you reached out. And I was like, yes, I think your husband reached out. And I was like, oh, yes, definitely want to have her on. So... Mindy, I mean, you've been busy. Uh, I've seen you on Facebook over the last few months promoting this Kickstarter you've got going. Can you tell, uh, give listeners an insight into what's going on with this new book, with the very, with a very catchy title that I think some of our listeners will enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's definitely kept me busy. I've been busy working on boobs. The book is called Boobs, and I've been nonstop working on boobs. For <laughs> drawing boobs, um, you know, like <laughs> messaging people, running this campaign. It's been like not, yeah, nonstop work since 30 days before I launched. So very busy. And you've very got busy. you've got a Kickstarter, don't you? That um, is is up and running now, which we're certainly gonna um, put in the in the show notes and everything. Um, I know your Kickstarter; it's doing pretty well. But I know with these Kickstarter stuff, it's a lot of work, isn't it, Mindy? Oh my goodness. Yes. You know, I, I underestimated how much work it was every day. I message people every day. I try to get the word out. So these podcasts are awesome help and uh, it feels a lot like my old marketing job. So I actually really enjoy it. I've yeah. been having fun with like the gifts and the goodies and the giveaways. And I made a pair of silicon boobs <laughs> that I'm just about to announce tomorrow. <laughs> That's I a love little it. add-on. It's a stress ball. <laughs> what, what are they in Kickstarter? They're called uh, stretch goals. Yeah, isn't that the term? Yes. yes. So once you mm -hmm. go past, so we're, I'm looking at Kickstarter now, um, and like you're up to around 28k or so. Am I right? Am I am I reading that correctly? I thought I read that last night. Is that right? You've raised about 28k. 19. 19. Sorry, 19. I'm, I'm adjusting for inflation. Obviously, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much a boob That's job funny. costs, but uh, yeah. <laughs> probably be assistant. They're expensive. No, I, I know they are. I don't. all the silicone. Yeah, I know I they are. Oh. Girlfriends always talk about she wants to get one. Now, um, look, give us the, the, the elevator pitch on, on, on boobs, um, the, the actual concept of the story and stuff. Because can I also say, sure. by the way, your artwork is fantastic. I was looking at it. I saw an old picture you did of Baroness, one of my favourites. Um, oh, yes. I was I was doing a bit of googling last night, and um, and I mean th these images uh, for for the boobs characters are, are great. Um, is something you're very comfortable with? Like you you obviously drawing. I don't know what the word is. Like sort of model women kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. is that how yeah? You I've always it? I've always kind of done that. It's weird. Like this this book is awesome. I guess the elevator pitch is um, just that it follows this ditzy. Uh, bless her heart you know cosplayer yeah. and uh the her photographer some chai but it's a lot of unexpected storytelling as well um 
bad luck, you know, uh, that's kind of the first issue is maybe she, she has a little bit of bad luck. Uh, the elevator pitch goes something like she keeps running into trouble despite her enormous assets. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is where they meet. And then they get pushed into the trajectory of the story, which is about eight issues in this first story arc. And it's a lot of fun. The villain comes in in the next issue, which will release this August, September. Issue oh. two is coming out and the artwork is done for that issue two. So we're ahead of the game. Um, yeah. I, and I've always drawn women. Like I, I even when I was in my sketchbooks of 12, sure. 12 years old, 13 years old, I really liked uh, Brian Froud. I think, is he not Australian? I don't know. I'm not Why familiar that, with him. Why that but, uh, sound familiar? I don't know every Australian. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> not every single one has crossed my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe, yes. We're actually, we're, one of our lifetime missions on Signal is to get Hugh Jackman on the show. And, um, you know, I, I'm never giving up hope till, you know, got my contacts out there working working uh, the Bondi area at the moment. <laughs> That's awesome. My kids love The Greatest Showman, so oh, we're always great. singing Hugh Jackman. It's yeah, a he's great, a good one. Yeah, he's, and he's <laughs> got Wolverine and Deadpool coming out as well. So, I mean, the, the hits just keep coming. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a good man. He's a good actor. He's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good goal to have. But I don't know. I guess I am sorry. I didn't I mean to Australianist you that you would know every Australian. Oh no, that's but... okay. I know most of them. <laughs> I know most of them. So that's it's acceptable. Totally. So <laughs> from a young age, you, you you you're drawing the women, and like I mean, when I think uh, when I look at your artwork, um, it looks that very sort of like uh, 2000s era sort of DC. I could see like Birds of Prey or something, um, oh, which is a compliment. Cool. I love that kind of stuff, you know. Um, yeah. So I take that as a compliment too because I actually like that era. So oh, thank great. you. Oh, no worries. Now you write these with your husband. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. He, he uh, came up with the title and uh, <laughs> I like and he it. wrote the yeah. initial script. <laughs> And then we bounce off uh, each other with the ideas. Then he had to kind of go off and work, you know, I got busy with work. So, sure. and then we had a baby. So I've been at home drawing for two and a half years wow. and really like thinking about the storyline. And then I kind of took it and made it a pet project of my own. Yeah. So he That's does, it. but it's now become sort of uh, a gem for me. And he's just now like getting back into it and being, and I'm like, look at what I did, you know, yeah, <laughs> like with <yeah>. our story. <laughs> but it's fun. He's like, did it all happen by magic? You're like, no, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, how many pages are we talking um, for the first issue? Because the way I saw the Kickstarter, you, you're doing the Kickstarter for issue one, and you, as you said, you've got issue two sort of almost in the can, and then you've got an issue three plan. Is that right? It's sort of. Yep. That's right. Yep, it's thirty-six pages. Um, this one is for mm -hmm. already locked down. The second one, the artwork is done, but I keep now that I've launched this campaign. There's like one image in my head that I want to go back and add onto issue two mm -hmm. to make a really sick merch piece. Yeah. Um, so I got to go back and add that piece, but it should also be right at thirty-six pages as well. Um, and that's that's all fleshed out too. So my goal is to do these campaigns, although they're keeping me very busy. Um, issue three, if I'm on schedule, should be like a March first ish release of next year. Wow, it's isn't it funny how the year is just rushing by? We're almost in May. You're talking about March next year. I mean, it feels like only a couple of weeks ago we were in January, but it's it just flies by, doesn't it? The time. 
you know. It does at faster every year or two. I know yep. that's not a good thing, especially <laughs> when he gets my age and he's starting to stare at the old five zero and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Where's my Back to the Future car? Um, yeah, so in, in terms of, um, I mean, this all sounds great. And I must say, you certainly online on Facebook, um, I've seen you've been working these promotions hard for a long time. And it seems like you've really got quite the following now, um, which is great. I think so. I, I'm sure grateful for it. There, a lot of people have followed me. I started in comics about 2014 as a colorist. Right. And um, I've had so many bad experiences, too. Like, I'm oh, so no. glad that I'm doing what I'm doing now Yeah. on my own, crowdfunding, no publisher to talk to, because I've just had bad experience after bad experience. I've worked with uh, several pu- publishers. Some, Not every single one of them gave me a bad experience, but I have had a lot of those. Oh, that's A lot so of bad good. run-ins with yeah, I know, but I, my story is not that unique. I think a lot of people have, you know. Yeah, well, I was, yeah. was going to ask you, like, I mean, because I was doing a bit of research. I knew you'd done some work at Xenoscope uh, and some work mm-hmm. at Dynamite. I mean, do you want to give just a, like a little bit? I mean, I don't mean to linger over the bad sure. stories, but do you want to give us a bit of an origin story, how you broke in? And obviously now this is, this feels like you've really got some momentum now, but do you want to give us a little bit of insight into the into the start? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, So I started as a colorist. I think my first piece was Jamie Tyndall coloring uh, Wonder Woman for him. Cool. And then um, I don't remember the next gig in like chronological order. But just in general, I I ended up getting a couple uh, like pinups with Zenoscope on their Grim Fairy Tales. And um, And I did a Vampirella dynamite cover. How is Zenoscope to work for? Like, because I know they do a lot of sort of like... I don't know how to describe it. It's like fairy tales, but mixed with sort of a more cheesecakey kind of style. Is that, would that be fair? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, def, def, absolutely. They they've taken all the like grim fairy tales, public domains, even like I think maybe even Wizard of Oz and stuff. Oh, right. And yeah, they've made them all into cheesecake, which was very smart. Yeah, yeah, no, I think a, it's very smart. Yeah. Good. A lot of people like their their stuff, and a lot of artists have really made themselves on that cheesecake stuff, doing that stuff. So, yeah, they were real friendly people. That's I think cool. they're based off of like in uh, P- Pennsylvania. I think. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know friend of the show, uh, Chuck Dixon's a big friend of the show, and I know at some point he, he I, if Robin Hood is in a scope, maybe it's not, but I know he, I know yes. he did some Robin Hood with them um, a little bit as well. Um, nice. Now, Vampirella, you've got to tell us about Vampirella because she is a cool, <laughs> she's a cool character. I mean, just the image of Vampirella, that must have been a, that must have been a blast. That was a blast, yes. I, I jumped in and I did a cover, and it they did the crowdfunding for me on that. Right. It was during COVID year, oh, so it was right. kind of a weird year because all the printers were closed and stuff, and then it's like all the publishers started doing all the stuff on crowdfunding instead because they couldn't go anywhere. Mm. So that was just the perfect timing and um i i spent like two months on this vampirella cover as like made it as wicked as possible because they were shut down for a while then they finally like opened back up and or whatever they did you know um mm. and they like were hey mindy yeah let's do this cover so we did the uh that it was like a 50th anniversary was that year cover for for them and that was that was awesome it was a good experience um for me uh yeah. and i think the cover was was one of my best pieces. Oh, it's excellent. I had a look at it. Like, I mean, I, I looked at it last night. I, I think Vampirella is the kind of character, like, even if people 
don't know the inner workings, everyone in comics kind of knows the character, you know, visually. You know what I mean? It's it's so I think it's yes. really good to have a distinctive. You've got you you've got your cover out there, and I, I was that a bit of a stepping stone. Do you think? Like, I mean, have you filled yeah, the calls from so. Marvel or DC for actual artistic work, like you know, pencils? I. I did talk to Marvel before the Vampirella. This was back in um, 20, uh, I want to say maybe 16. Mm. Um, and they, it was like, at, it was at San Diego Comic-Con and they do a thing at their shows where um, they'll pick 10 people during mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. to come in and they'll like check you out and they'll exchange contact information. They'll give you a portfolio reveal and contact there with their talent manager. Right. Okay. Oops, are you so, still there? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm here. Yeah. So, was, yeah, um, I know. so yeah. I got, I got chosen for that. That's great. And they give you a oh. portfolio <laughs> review and stuff. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all good. Yeah. Yes. So at that, that point I talked to Marvel and, um, and they put you, that was cool. Cause it was, that was a flattering for me. Cause they'd get like 10,000 submissions, you yeah. know, during the show. Yeah. And I was there at my table. So I, I, at that point I was like, yes, maybe I made it. Yeah. But then it turns out like right after they gave me my portfolio review, they started outsourcing all their work. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like a budget thing. And then like a year or two later, they didn't even go to San Diego. So that was really bad timing. Mm. They started outsourcing. And then even the people that did work for Marvel and DC, I was generally like hearing like little birdies telling me that all mm. oh, my page rates are dropping. Mm. So they kind of like changed their business model. And I stayed in contact with them for a bit, but it's, it's really hard when publishers, which they do nowadays, a lot of them, a lot of them do. They want you to do the work and submit it to them. They're really? not willing to like, give you it yeah like they're not willing to give you a chance they don't they don't go out and hire you no that's like that's not really how it works it's very weird i always thought it was very weird um it's more like you do the pieces for us and if we like it we'll hire you but you need to submit like five or ten and i just never had the time to do that with marvel yeah i did like two yeah. And then I was like, man, I can't, I don't have the time. Is that like um, draw an issue or is it like give us a Punisher, image of Punisher? Like, is it, what is the story it, there? It depends on what they, if they are looking at you for a cover artist or a sequential. And at that time right. they were looking at me for covers. And right. then yeah. they changed their talent manager. He got promoted or changed or quit. I don't know. But then yeah. it was a different person. So I was like, ah, you know what? So yeah. I kind of just honestly like gave that up. And yeah. I ran into another artist at one point and they were like, oh yeah, you got stuck in Marvel's never ending interview loop. Sounds just like, like it. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a couple artists that they do that. And then it's like that, that other guy, he, he got, he was drawing like full issues for them for free. And like, you know, and they kept going, oh, good, great job, great job. But they never actually hire. And that's when they started outsourcing. So we both kind of this, me and this other artist and a couple other people kind of got stuck in like that loop. Yeah, where... that's 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 hard. I, you know, something I want to draw attention to. You know, we've been doing the show for I don't know how many years. Feels like about twenty, but I think it's more like five. But we've had a lot of people on artists, writers. There really is, uh, how can I say? It's a real grind, which I didn't know before I did the show just how bad it was. Like, it, it is a tough industry, isn't it? Like, I mean, you'd know this, Mindy. Like, you're trying to break in. You're doing your own stuff. Would you, you know, compare it to... I, I work in corporate. Like, I work hard, but it, it feels like it's somewhat easier and more secure and stable than a than a creative job at, in the comic books. It's not as fun as it seemed like when we were kids. You know? 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, that's exactly right. I remember talking to Jim Shooter yeah. um, at a show once, and yeah, you're exactly right because it's not based on merit or talent. That's the problem. Another publisher told me, Oh yeah, you go ahead. You put out a if you want to get hired with us, you need to put out a book for free online. And right. if it goes viral, we'll hire you. So it's it's a totally backwards mentality where you have to do everything for free. Yeah. And then you have to like kiss up to them too. And a lot of time a lot of the new hires over the past like five years are based, I think, solely on uh, Instagram likes. If you have enough oh, Instagram yeah. likes, you'll hire you, whether yeah. you can draw or not. And that's frustrating. So it's not yeah. like you can it's not like you can climb a ladder and get promoted. It doesn't work that way. It's like publishers decided to get really lazy and and they want the artists to bring the work to them. It's not like, oh, we'll publish you, get all this exposure, we will support you. It's yeah. like, mm -mm. The opposite. You, yeah. yeah, you need to bring a million followers to us and then we <sighs> take all the money and you get paid a percentage. So I took that guy's advice. I am putting out a book online. It's yeah. not for free, but this time I'm not going to go back and ask him for a job because why would I at this point? I can just hire myself. <laughs> no, I, no, I totally, so I, I totally agree with you. And I think that um, it, from what I've seen, boobs is definitely it's definitely got some um, momentum behind it. Like you're saying, like and. I mean, thank God, because, like, yeah, like, otherwise you, you get into Marvel, and it's not like, I look at some of the artwork, and I won't name names because I'm, I'm not even that conversant with whoever's working there, but I look at some of the artwork and writing, and I just think, my God, like, can, I compare this to, like, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's, it's almost amateur hour, you know? Yeah, because it's not based on talent, exactly. No, yeah. And also, there was a lot of political weeding, uh, like weeding out of people and I got put on that hit list of not having enough popular opinions to go with oh, the flow. Oh god, did you get did you get cancelled yeah. for being um you know, were, were you not quite as liberal yes. as they wanted, you know? <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And it was stuff too. It was it was crazy. Like I, I feel like I really got on the first wave of like cancellations. Like we've seen a lot of people do get canceled yeah whether it's left or right if they don't have the like one fascist opinion of yeah. whatever it is of yeah. that day no, I know. Yeah, the, like yeah, the extreme. you're gone yeah yeah very extreme and like there would be stuff that i didn't even say or like they'd associate me with and they'd be like oh we can't even no sorry goodbye there were a lot of lot of run-ins i had with that and wow. um that really also like totally i think destroyed the industry because oh, yeah, now no, you're left with a bunch yeah. of people yeah. that that are hacks anyways because they went along with people who just wanted to tell them what to do and they were like okay you know yeah. and, and so you don't get a lot of original creative thinking critically thinking people writing stories so that makes it really dry you almost get a lot you know? of what i would yeah oh, 100 percent. And, and and like honestly i'm reasonably progressive and i'm like you know, really, honestly, and and also pretty laid back. And then I'm like, some of the stuff that some of these radicals, I'm, I actually a couple of times I said this person should be arrested for treason. Like they're they're like burn the flag. Like let's start with burn the flag. <laughs> like and that's where they want to start. And it's you, you know you know and I'm like yeah. my, my god, like calm down, people. Like we're writing comic books. 
drawing comic books. This is like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man stuff. Like, I think we need to just chill out a little bit here, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think it's a lot of, I think we're sort of in a cold war here and there's a lot of people like at play and Mm. that we're all dependent on such digital platforms that they can be manipulated. I don't think the, the average person felt that inflamed over the past few years that they would want to destroy their stories and subscribe to one train of thought. I think that's a lot of like psychological subversion that's like coming from other players that are just trying to manipulate the internet. I don't think that the average person wanted to go burn down their flag and like kill each other. But the people were stroking that flames. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. The the (laughs) mainstream people, and I think the mainstream readers, they don't care about that stuff. You know? Like, it it almost doesn't even enter our minds. But as I say, we do weekly comics. So we do, um, uh, you know, after we do the news and bits of gossip here and there, we we review the weekly comics. And it can be a challenge, honestly, sometimes, if you're like, we'll try this comic out, we'll give it a try. And you read it and you're like, wow, someone's paying, like, six bucks for this like you know us and in australia that can be over ten dollars for a single issue 20 pages if i was a kid i wouldn't be spending my six to you know ten bucks on it like honestly i would just be like no thanks yeah so there's a lot of trash so <laughs> yeah. what and it's think- coming from the top down not it the is. bottom up no 100 yes. percent. we are on the same page 100 i mean hell they tried they can well they tried to cancel chuck dixon and um, and yeah. he's just too big. To, he's just too big to fail. And we've we've kept the flame burning for years. And I honestly think it, the DC more than anything need a guy like him, him or very much like him, to be writing a Batman or a Superman or something. Like you actually need a very good, stable, consistently good creator, you know, who just comes in and delivers yeah. top notch work. And who cares who they vote for? Like at the end of the day, do I really care? Yeah. <laughs> I right. thought it was supposed to if be If you want to cater secret. to the... <laughs> if, you, if you only hire radicals, yeah. then you're only going to get radical content. And, the, and then that doesn't translate to all the people who aren't radicals who read the books. Exactly. So, yeah, I know. Chuck Dixon is awesome. I think he's great. And, cool. and he's Lovely a great guy. writer. Great writer. Yeah. Lovely guy. Always got a lot of time for us. And I use him as an example because his body of work is... It's so impressive and so long that you kind of can't like even the most radicals they can't argue with it. They're like, yeah, okay. They they're like, okay, we admit he's good. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're sort of forced to. They're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> that's what that's why I use him as an example. But um, yeah. So what I was think what I was going to say is like just to bring it back. I'm a big believer. You know how they always talk about diversity. I'm a big believer in a diversified line. So you don't just cater to one sort of group or anything. You actually, your line, if you're a Marvel or DC or any major publisher, you have a line that appeals to multiple different people and you're going for different age groups and all that kind of stuff. I actually don't think any one sort of particular group should be 1,000% focused on. I think that, that, you know, a thing like boobs, it's pretty... It looks very right. humorous. It looks very sort of like open to just – it's fun. That That's the key word. When I was looking at it last night, I'm yes. like, this is reminding me of when comics were fun, you know? I mean, we've, we've yes. gotten away from that. That's exactly what I'm going for. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. Yeah, it's, that's true. See, I've worked in marketing for – 
It's just 15 ish years. And the robots have taken my job twice. I will oh say. Oh my God. Really? So I've had to like, yeah, they really have. I've had to adapt. And, uh, but I know from my experience back in like newspaper ads and flash panners and cold calling, mm. um, that you have like, you have demographics and you have numbers. And I was very surprised to hear um, one of the publishers I worked for, I like touched base with them after the fact. And they said, what it, I was talking to their marketing people and they go, what are demographics? Mm. And I was like, what do you, they're did asking you, that. Did question. you really just say that? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like even, even on the Facebook ads, you have to hit demographic because yeah. there's a reason for it. You, it's to deliver what people want. Like uh, the LGBT Batman stuff. There yeah. was already comics for that. There yeah. were already comics. They didn't have to change the whole story. Yeah. Um, you know, like, and I don't, I, I believe that you can do whatever you want in your own life. I, I really don't give a dang, you know, you people have, should have freedom to believe, to love, whatever. But as long as I'm not forced to change my own beliefs to cater sure. to things that I don't personally do. So I'm a bit progressive in that way, but I'm, I'm, I'm generally more on the conservative side, which yeah, is no why idea. I was unpopular. Well, but, gee, naughty like, you. I mean, how dare you be a conservative, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Like, oh, it's – but people have become – so. like, I'm sort of like someone's like, uh, I'm, you know, as I've gotten older, I probably lean more conservative than when I was 20. At 20, I thought I knew all the answers to all the world's problems and it was all so easy, just put me in – now I'm older, I'm like, I, I see it's more complicated now. But yeah. at the end of the day, do I care that much? You know, it's because I'm, I'm remembering, at least in Australia, when you go in and vote, it's sort of supposed to be secret. You're not supposed, like, it's not like you go, you come out of the booth and go, yeah, I voted number one for this guy. Or, you know, that's not normally how it works. But these days, it's like everyone's desperate to tell you who they voted for, how you vote, like, do this, do that. But it's like, oh, calm down. Like, you know, yeah. I thought it was a democracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, exactly. And see, I never like outed myself. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Just mm. like you said, uh, it was like back in 2016 and see the election was going on for Trump. That's oh, yeah. why I think it's a lot of like yeah. almost outside influences that yeah. were just manipulating the market, not actual people. And they all just like hopped on the bandwagon wagon of burn Mindy to the ground because they had more conservative Jesus. views. But like, I wasn't even like I had, uh, for example, we had a Trump bobblehead yeah. in our, I had a retail store, but we also had a Hillary one. Yeah. But like, but everyone just like threw that out the window and <laughs> started like, oh, you can't have anything Trump. And it was crazy because I didn't think it was that big of a deal either. Yeah. But apparently it was a really big deal. You and know, ca I just can like, I just oh, man, say, come on. if we'd been stuck with Hillary for four years, I would have been driven crazy. I, I actually may have just, <laughs> can you imagine four years of just her whining and carrying on like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like people forget, yeah. people forget I think, how I think annoying she is. Yeah, yeah, people forget how annoying she actually is. Mm. Like <laughs> <laughs> crooked Hillary, isn't, isn't that what Trump? Yeah, Hillary? yeah crooked Hillary. Now, I mean, I, I, I'm not crooked a Hillary. yeah. I, I just I thought it was funny. Like I always felt. Look, I mean, Trump has plenty of flaws. It's pretty obvious, as well as he is good in some ways, but bad I in others. Agree. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's not a perfect yeah. person, but. I think that with him winning, it allowed a lot of the sort of uh, the media, I think, to demonise the conservative vote. Like he, he was a very convenient platform. And so suddenly if you're a conservative, mm -hmm. you're very demonised in the media because I, I think that, that was a decision that was made, as you say, by kind of higher-ups, way up the food chain. I'm talking like way up the food chain in the media companies. 
And um, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. At least here from Australia, we're we're a long way out of it, so we're not. You're you're in it. You know what I mean? And we're we're quite yeah. detached from it, so we're sort of seeing it play out from a distance. And we've got our own. Lucky you, know, you. Well, yeah. I mean, exactly. I I had just about enough of it, like honestly. But but I always say that I'm like, yeah. People talk about Hillary like she's the greatest. Like she was pretty annoying. You know. <laughs> 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 I know. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think that they should, if you really want to have a democracy, which we, it's a constitutional republic is what we have, mm. you know, like they say democracy all the time, but it's really like half that, you know, but not, it's a constitutional republic. I think if you want to be a politician, you probably shouldn't be a politician. They should just like send out ballots just to try since America is the great yeah. experiment and all. Yeah. Like send out random ballots uh, or, um, uh, like congratulations, you've become president today to people's mailbox. Well, <laughs> like we you almost couldn't have, do like, worse. They <laughs> like I agree. Like it's almost like they couldn't do worse. And I'm talking about democracies in general. We've got our own problems here. The the professional politician to me is paid and bought for so many times over that like I mean house and I and I and I'm not limiting to one party. I, I mean I think that. In general, they're like that, you know, and it's and honestly, it's it's almost like turning it back to fiction. It's almost good grist, really, for storytelling, you know. I think because uh, I think that there's so much. Uh, how can I say potential in those sort of stories of the corruption at the highest levels and and all that kind of stuff. Like it's you know, it makes for good fiction. Unfortunately, it's also reality, you know. <laughs> I know. I think it's kind of like the Hunger Games. More yes. like the more time goes on, the more I like watch people on the news, and it's crazy because economically we're really starting to struggle over here. Yeah, and it's like the middle class is going away, and it's becoming like it's becoming like every sci-fi movie ever, where you have dystopian. And yeah, and and I, and I think it is. And like honestly, I mean, I've written three books myself, and I think the next one I'm doing. It, we're going to go further and further and deeper into the chaos, you know? Like, why not? Like, why not? Yeah. And I mean, that's what you're doing with your with with your boobs. You're basically embracing the fun aspect. And when we say you've raised just un, under 19 grand, like, um, when does the actual – when is the deadline for the, for, 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 for the Kickstarter? Like, is there a deadline in sight? Yes, it ends May 6th. May 6th. And so okay. I'm trying to – Yes, I've got about a week left. I think it's mm -hmm. nine days. So, and and that's exactly what the purpose of the book is. So that's cool you said that. It's I we we've been talking kind of silly heavy, but this book really embraces that and just tries to have fun despite that. That's what I like oh, yeah. about the character. There there is actually a well developed story. It's not just like boobs on pages. Yeah, yeah. No, I <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I totally get it. I mean, that's kind of a sell, but like you've got to have something in there to fill up thirty x pages. You know, thirty eight pages or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, so, some people have been asking me. They're like, uh, "What is this about? You know, is it just boobs?" And it's like, well, yeah, it's just a lot of boobs, but it's also like this beautiful story. <laughs> and boobs herself, she's ditzy, but she's ditzy for a reason. So there's yeah. a lot of like juicy details in her background. You'll get to about in about issue three. And um, she really, especially in that issue, I think it's my favorite because you can really see that she's got this like carefree, really embraces the crazy world we live in and it doesn't bother her. Mm. And she still remains like super positive and she's just got this like natural resilience. And there's a reason for that, but I can't, I can't spoil it. So I, I think it's really awesome. It's like the story I wrote to 
aspire to. She's sort of a hero for me, but I, I aspire that. to her attitude about the world. And and we live in a crazy world, so why not have fun? You know, hundred oh, totally percent. <laughs> and I, I thought, and this is for the more sort of like perverted amongst our listeners. I think you had a censored version and an uncensored version. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The the naughty covers, the as naughty. they're typically called. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. And, and I'm asking that for those guys out there who are just so hungry and thirsty that they just need that information. <laughs> <laughs> so you know join out the kickstarter and, and and back booze because mindy i think you know has really put together a great package package here and there's more to come like it, this is a success you've got two coming out you've got three planned so i mean you know what's next mindy like is this kind of like so I, I should ask you say you worked in marketing um you, you had a child um right now this is your kind of full-time um gig you you apart from raising a child obviously yes i raised three wow I raised three, okay. yes and I, I spaced them all apart really well <laughs> i don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing I, I i do like it but i have a teenager right i have a one in the middle and then i've got a one that's about to turn two so i'm all over the place and i oh. homeschool oh my so, god so you're busy um, you're very busy i am busy yeah. yes, yes you look so young I, as well i'm like how did you squeeze all this in like <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you i i'm 32 I oh, think. okay well you are young <laughs> my god like well, how old am i i'm uh 48 turning 49 although maybe i'll never turn 49 maybe i'll you know maybe i'll stay 48 so it's about as far as i want it's about as far as i want to go really you know what i mean (laughs) so yeah so you're incredibly busy um now in terms of your future plans so pretty much creatively this is where you're devoting all your energies to at the moment mindy and and just seeing where this takes you yes and and i've also have other creative endeavors planned right now i am booked solid on boobs yeah my boobs is taking up every minute of of my day that i have free Mm. but um i have other titles that i there's one title on a much more serious note that i've been working on for like 10 years wow what's that karma what's it called it's called karma karma Okay. okay and um I, I even have like covers all fleshed out. I've I've had this script going for ages, but um, and it goes. I've I've had to take so long on it because it goes like all the way back in history since the basically the beginning of time. Wow! So I've had to really relearn world history, and uh, to the best of my ability, and and it's it's very cool. It's a lot of a lot more like mythological stuff, um, and deals with basically the human condition and human nature you know wars uh lust like all the sins you know and and how humanity has like gone through it and it's kind of follows like the watchers i guess i'll call it of of humanity really cool stuff i've had a lot of fun with this book this is like my magnum opus but right but it's not done yet and um i've i've been so busy with a baby and or two babies you know since i thought of it and this book like I, it was so funny. It was almost like, how serious do I want to go with this, with the boobs book? Yeah. And I, I sort of moved my priority from karma to boobs. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You switched. I, yeah, I switched. So karma is kind of on the back burner now. And I just wanted to go totally 110% out on boobs and do the best, take the silliest concept and do the absolute best creative work I could ever do on boobs. And then I'm really going to be curious once boobs is over what i do next with karma yeah so this is kind of like my icebreaker book i guess i think it's really clever because uh as we've sort of said boobs is 
it's a you know easy sell. It's a very it's a very sort of attractive sell. And then you've also got on the back burner. And I know what it's like juggle different projects. At a certain point, you've got to say. I'm going all in on project A and project B it's there it's on the back burner and then I can shift it into the focus when the time comes like that's part yep. of being a creator isn't it knowing when knowing what to prioritize and when to do it and this karma story it sounds like it's very personal to you so I'm sure you've got all that somewhere in your head and in your notes and you can easily go back to it so I think it's great Cool. That's well, very cool. Yeah, that's a fun life of a creator. That's it, I have to say, it's just like a dream come true. I always wanted to do this. Yeah. It's it's it, even on even in the past, uh, you know, less than thirty days now. But however long Boobs has been live, it's mm. been like a dream job come true because I get to wake up every day and I get to think about what creative thing I can do. Yeah. So that's awesome for me. Whether it's a stretch goal or you know, a new tier or I'm sketching my sketches like I've got here mm -hmm. for people. Oh, I can't, I can't show that's a naughty with sketch. I have to <laughs> cover that up for the internet. <laughs> but but you're, bu you're busy doing all this stuff and, th and that's great. And, mm -hmm. and like, let's not forget all these people who come into back you, um, some of them would have only just become aware of you. And now it, they're happy with the product. Mm -hmm. They're going to, they're going to stick with you. I know what people are like, like, it's that's that's the good thing about social media that you really can reach out like you can reach out to sydney australia yeah. pretty damn easily would have been a lot harder 20 yeah. years ago you know um uh, yeah definitely would have been on a message board i guess maybe somewhere <laughs> <laughs> the depths of the internet yeah right? yeah dial up <laughs> you know the dial up noise <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. You ever see those chat rooms where, like, back in the day, I stumbled upon one or two where it's like a completely open. I don't even know what the URL was, but I just remember finding it as like pre MySpace, but like right around that era. Yeah. Where you just go to a website and there'd be like one chat box and there'd be like 300 people there just like talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have uh, you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, yes, internet, I participated internet? in them. Yeah, no, and it was. <laughs> It was crazy. Um, it was fun, but it was crazy. You know, yeah. <laughs> the dawn of the the dawn of the internet. That could be that could be a title in itself. Um, um, yeah. Now, look. Do you want to just give uh, listeners? I, I'm going to put all your show links up, but maybe give the Kickstarter, um, you know, address or something like that. But I, all the information for Mindy will be up. But where can people find you, Mindy? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I've been told I should start a Twitch, so okay. but I'm not there yet. So I like Instagram the probably the best because it's so visual. Mm -hmm. But um, either war, I have the out of all of them, I've got the biggest Facebook page sort of following. So just forward slash or at symbol or whatever. Mindy Wheeler art, just no spaces, no dots, anything like that. I'm across the board. Cool. That's what I am. Oh, and on YouTube too. I used to have a way bigger YouTube following and I slashed it. Right. I, I deleted it. So now I'm kind of like starting back up again. But um, yeah, that, that's where I post my stuff. Twitter sometimes hides my stuff oh, because really? uh, it's boobs. And oh, for some reason, geez. even if it's like not a naughty picture, I think that the AI notices the word boobs. So lately <laughs> it's been kind of <laughs> hiding my stuff. So you can go to my Twitter, but, um, you know, sometimes my art gets hidden. Isn't it funny? We're in 2023 and like sometimes you think we're in Victorian times with the prudish attitudes. Like it's like, calm down, people. Like it's like drawings of boobs. Is it really that bad? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like half the population has them, you know? 
Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, there's just a part of me where I'm like, you know, they're like, oh, God, we must censor. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that's a lot, well, you know, more intense than this. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that that's very true. And it's then crazy. this book, I'll, su- I'll add, too, it's not just for dudes, too. I've no. had a bunch of women picking it up, and they think it the concept is cool, which, like, that's awesome, because that's kind of what I was hoping would happen is that yeah. it – um, I've heard a lot of complaints that um, they kind of don't like the trend of having to like being a, a more feminist mental train sure. of thought means they have to kind of destroy their femininity. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe yeah. not look, maybe not like appreciate that so much. So they, they, I've seen sort of this like refreshed attitude lately by uh, a few women who have weighed in on the campaign that are like, oh, this is cool because I actually do like my boobs. Yeah, and well, yeah. um, <laughs> like I yeah. like feeling like a hot woman, so this is kind of cool. So that was a cool, uh, bunch of cool feedback I got about that. So women have dipped in. There, there's I got spouses buying it for each other, couples. And so boobs are for everyone. Well, that's good. <laughs> I, I, you, know, you know, that reminds me. The other recently, I'm doing a um a rewatch um of Xena, Warrior Princess. Okay, so I started from the start. I love it, and I hadn't seen it in like 20 years. And I said to my girlfriend, I said, in so many ways, this show was ahead of its time, like, massively. And she said, mm. yeah, because it was, like, the strong female thing before that became overplayed. You know, she said before they just yeah. – they drilled it down. And like you say, like, Xena has – it has – you know, she's attractive. Like, it's not like she's, like, this super militant, um, you know, sexless – you know what I mean? You know when they make the female character like <laughs> yeah. that? It's like – why are you even making it female now? Because you just—it's almost impossible to tell. Like, you know, she's—do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's—it's it's so funny the way when when Hollywood makes a decision and they go all in on something, and then all the clones come out and they really just dilute it it's in a weird way to me. Yeah, and, you know, like that's like that. Yeah, that's like in a nutshell exactly like my experience that I described. It's like once the direction comes from the top. Mm. Right. It like has to be all the way down agreement in that decision. And as a creator, you have to be like, okay, yes, sir. And you can't say anything else. You can't post anything else on Facebook in any other way, even if it's just a positive post. Like I appreciate, you know, if they say apples, you can't say I love oranges, you know, and that's just that's like cookie cutter all the way down. And people get really there's no there's no originality. There's no creativity there totally so yeah i totally agree xena the warrior princess is awesome it's awesome it's great fun and and that comes from minds like sam raimi and stuff like genuine creative minds you know what i mean like and Mm -hmm. they and they were doing that on i wouldn't say shoestring budgets but it was a low profile show that became high profile like i guarantee you corporate wasn't over their shoulders when they came up with that you know what i mean and yeah probably I think a lot of it, uh, what you're saying from above, a lot of it is it's kind of like corporate and then it has to mix with the creative. And the two just don't play that well together a lot of the time. You, you, mm-hmm. you, you, know, you, know, you know, when you're trying to tell creators, like, you must do this. Batman must be gay. He always was gay. You know, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, forget about all the years before. The, the, the sort of, it's very 1984, like two plus two suddenly equals five. You know what I mean? It's like, because yeah. we said so. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and I exactly. remember when they, um, do you remember that character? Um, he's called Shazam now, but he was called Captain Marvel for many, many years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there's now a Shazam movie here. 
and they were like, his name is Shazam. It always was Shazam. He was never called anything else. (laughs) And I always bring it up on the show as how annoying that was because it's like the Captain Marvel name was fine for like God knows how many years, probably 50, 60 years. And then they they decide to flip on it and they try desperately – and it's corporate. They try to brainwash the public, and they're like, "If we can just trick them for five years, they will forget." You know, because the reading, the reading, you know, it's so obvious to me. Like, it's incredibly obvious. Yeah. So anyway, it That's is it. what it I is. Exactly. Yes, I completely hundred percent with you on all that. It's quite silly, and people don't fall for it. I like. I remember with my marketing experience, there's there's this huge push for LGBT yeah. everywhere, and like again, if you, if that's how you are, like. I, I love you. That's that's fine. But it's the whole shoving that agenda in our face that gets like a little berating because we're not all that way. Yeah. But yet they've inflated. And I almost think it's unfair to, you know, a, a gay person to see them so overly yeah. like represented because then they don't have a say. It's almost like taking advantage of a population, you know, is too small to kick back at you and then taking over their narrative and doing whatever you want with it not actually listening to the voice of the people. I remember on my TV, like I see it so much sometimes. I just sat there for like an hour, mm. like a year ago. And I, I timed on the commercials, like every LGBT representation um, de- and in proportionate. Cause I used sure. to work in marketing. I used to do commercials and I was yeah. just curious. And I looked at the percentage of people, which is 1% um, for L- for lesbian gay. And then, trans is Mm. 0.01% of the population in this. I think it's the States is what I did. And then I did the amount of screen time. There was more trans screen time than up. And the rate of inflated representation was over a thousand percent. I totally agree. Like, and you know, (laughs) we, we, we actually, in fairness, I should say we run a fairly pro LGBTQ um, uh, podcast, but I agree. The amount of trans stuff that you see these days, you'd think you were walking down the street seeing like 20, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's rare. And yeah. It's, it, yeah, it, it is, um, I don't know the word to describe it, but I'm, I, I don't even think that they're that, it's almost like they see a gay person and they're like, all they are is gay. They, they have no other, no, and it's like, yeah. they're, they're just people like who happen to have a preference. Like they've got many, there's many shades of grey in that community. And exactly, you, they totally and it's not their it. whole personality. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and like they have other yeah. interests besides just like their gayness all the time. Just like yeah. as, like, as a straight person, isn't yeah, it funny it, it, in twenty twenty three that sort of corporate hasn't learned that lesson yet? Like it's 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 bizarre to me. Like it's it's crazy. And you know what? We're off topic, but I love it because you seem like such a genuine person and. You're always welcome on Signal, Mindy, whenever you have anything to promote. Um, readers, men and women, boys and girls, back boobs. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Mindy's got a lot of stuff in the hopper. She's got karma she's working on from the beginning of times there in the background as well. That sounds like a challenge, taking it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The most... I went from being the, the silliest concept to the most difficult concept ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but I love it because that's that's the dual sides of the creator, and you've always got a every creator, and I'm a writer too. You've always got more than one idea. There's always different ideas, and it's just a question of how you prioritize them. 
and I love the way you've got it all in on this. I think it's you've you've really picked up. I, I said you're at twenty eight k. No, she's not. But let's get it at twenty eight k. Come on, kids. You know, open <laughs> open up your wallets. <laughs> Ra- Ra- raise your piggy bank. Um, but Mindy, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, is there anything you'd like to put out to the audience before you go? Any parting statements? I think we've covered the whole history of the world so far, so we've done pretty well. <laughs> Oh, no, just thank you for having me on. And and I hope you all like boobs because she's a character that just loves everybody and has that unconditional love. And so I think that if you pick up the book, you'll you'll feel that in her. And I hope you can share that joy with me because this book is a blast to work on. And a lot of puns surround this book. So get in on the fun. See our puns. Get your own set of silicone squishy boobs and back boobs, please. <laughs> I appreciate I, it. I love it. Thank you so much, Mindy. Um, You know, it's always a pleasure to have people on and it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. All the best with it. Thank you.